Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Monday night on Red Sox Review. Sox fall 5-4 tonight against the O's. We welcome you back. Cooper Boardman with you, Joe Braverman. Inside the glass, call us, 617-779-7937. That's 617-779-7937. The text line, 37937. And uh, what is, again, just a frustrating night. Just a really shaking-your-head kind of night for the Sox tonight. Red Sox went up 4 nothing. Chris Sale gives up five runs, and in the end, a 5-4 loss tonight in Baltimore to open up the series. And uh, that's, again, what it all adds up to. We'll get to uh, a lot of it, but we have Rob Bradford standing by in Baltimore joining us tonight on the Harbor One Hotline. Brad Foe, how you doing? Good. What's going on, my man? How you doing? All good. Well, I, I, that's actually, that was just a stock answer. I'm all right. I mean, after <laughs> after tonight. It's all good, man. You're, you're living, you're breathing, you're working. Yeah, it's all it's good. Right. Yeah, we're it's talking. It's, game, it's, it's only game one. What is it, game 22 or whatever it is? Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's far too early to feel some of the things that we have felt. Um, but speaking of which, I, I, I'll start with this. Like You were in the Red Sox clubhouse uh, in the last hour. Can you just kind of uh, describe the, the feeling in that room after a night like tonight? Yeah, I mean, it, the, the feeling has to be centered on Chris Sale, right? I mean, this is you, you have to figure this out. And, and clearly, there, there, is a, there is a thought among some of the people in that clubhouse, particularly the manager and the catcher, that you know he was probably tipping his pitches, which is whatever, man. Like you got to figure it out. Like this is the second time we've heard this about the the pitch tipping thing this year. Um, you know, his stuff was good. It was you know you look at the baseball savant numbers and they were it's fine, but you only got two swings and misses. You didn't get a strikeout. Um, so even if he was p- tipping his pitches, you got to figure this out. And I think that was the consensus. Uh, and the other part about it is that. You know, lost in sort of the Chris Sale stuff was Yu Chang. And Yu Chang, that is not a good injury. And the, the, he was in a lot of pain. It's probably going to be a bad situation in terms of him probably going on the injured list. And why that doesn't might seem like a big deal, it really, really weakens them. They had felt like that he had sort of solidified them defensively at shortstop. Now they have to juggle guys around a little bit. Arroyo's really, really struggling at second. So, yeah, just – as I called it, fork in the road Monday, they took the wrong road. 
I like that. I like that. Rob Bradford joining us right now from Baltimore on the Harbor One Hotline. Uh, okay, a couple of things there. Let's start with the Chris Sale part of it. And you, you got into it just kind of. I'm interested in kind of, and you were standing in front of him tonight, like the mental aspect of this. Like this is a guy, and I called him a potential Hall of Fame pitcher earlier. I'm getting lit up for that on the text line. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but but a guy who has that pedigree over over nine seasons worth and then the last few obviously are what they are. Uh, you know, grappling with the idea that he is, you know, just continuing to fight. Now he's on the field, but it, but it's inconsistent, man. Yeah, well, I mean, this. First of all, he's a great quote, right? We've heard it. We heard it again tonight. That, and he does everything that you want Boston athletes to do, which is be accountable and do the whole. You know, it's not a, it's not a try hard league, as he said. But at this point, I think most people would agree, you know, the, the quotes are kind of, kind of ringing hollow. And I don't blame him. There's nothing more he can say. It, you, you're, you're going out there. You had, a, you had what you thought was a routine that figured things out after the last start. You, you, you feel healthy. Your stuff is okay by all the measurements. And you got results last time. You do the same routine, and you don't get the results. And so that's we get it. I mean, that's frustrating. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's standing up there and he's saying these things. And, you know, maybe, you know, three years ago, we'd be like, oh, man, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. Look, at that's the right attitude. But unfortunately, we've we've heard the sort of narrative way too much. And, you know, I appreciate him being honest. I appreciate him being accountable. But there's nothing else he can say. There's nothing else he can do. And, and I think for most Red Sox fans, that's really, really frustrating. I know, obviously, it's frustrating for him, but. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's he has to be better. I know we're, you know, we're only a few starts. We're, you know, into this season. I mean, he's what, five starts in? That's that's an 8-2-2 ERA over five. How, how long can they let this go in your mind? Oh, I, you know, I think that that's, that that's the sort of conversation that I'm always wary of in April. I just am. And, and especially for a guy who has any semblance of track record. I know that his track record's a little a little wavy in the last couple of years, but still, as a track record, there's an expectation. And the most important thing is that he's healthy and that his stuff seems decent. So they're going to get. I mean, we aren't talking about pulling pulling the string here on Chris Sale anytime soon. I mean, anytime soon. Now, the bigger problem is that this is your light in life, Boston Red Sox, and you have to you have to do better. Not only with Chris Sale, but the guy who pitches tomorrow, Kluber. You know, you have to do better. You have to do better in starting pitching. This is one of the reasons why they had to send Brian Bayo down because the starting pitching was just killing the bullpen, and you can't go with a six-man rotation when your bullpen's already being stretched out. So I, I think that to answer your question, you know, you're going to see a lot of Chris Sale. Continue to see a lot of Chris Sale, and and you know, they better hope that he just he's better. Rob Radford with us on the Harbor One Hotline tonight, uh, live from Baltimore. And uh, you just alluded to it, too. Right? Uh, Brian Bayo gets sent down. And, you know, a, a move that surprised many. But I was turning this over in my mind over the last 24 hours, even before it happened. I, what else could they have done? I don't think there was any other choice based on the guys they had. No, I think that, and, you know, I, Cora was very, very adamant. This it wasn't a developmental move. This was a, a roster needs this now move. And you're right, Coop. I mean, you're right that, that there wasn't a lot of places to turn because of what they have and what they have coming. And, 
And, you know, that's unfortunate. And, and really you know, what it means is that, as I said before, the guys that you have put in your stock in, the guys that you have signed, the guys that you have said, okay, here are our anchors of our rotation. And I'm not just talking about sale. I'm talking about Kluber. I'm talking about Whitlock, Pavetta, obviously. You know, and, and even like a guy like James Paxton. James Paxton is under contract. At some point, you would expect that he would be integrated in the rotation. So when he is, he better be good. They need better starting pitching. That's the bottom line. And for the number of them that they have, I think, and give me your sense on this, like before the season started, that, you know, they, and you looked at the number of guys that could be starters and you said, well, like, you know, maybe you know, four of them, you know, five of them of the seven, eight, you know, depending on how far you want to go, nine, ten, are, are going to be good or at least are going to be consistently good. And it's just what's weird about right now is that all of them, except for James Paxton, are healthy, but not a lot of them have been consistently good. Yeah, the one guy coming out of spring training where you're like, oh, he's not going to last. Is how can he's been their best guy <laughs> and he might end up going to the bullpen. So. I, you know, it, it is a little bit surprising, but this is sort of what you get. And I hate to keep bringing up the comparisons to the the history of the Boston Red Sox in the last 10 or so years. But remember the five aces heading into 2015 after they moved on from Lester, Masterson, Kelly, Buckholz, Miley, and Porcello. And it's the same sort of deal where you have, yeah, I could make the case for every one of those guys of being really good and a top-of-the-rotation guy. But none of them were. And and that was the problem is that you don't have – right now for the Boston Red Sox, you don't have the no doubt about it, we know what you're going to get guy. And unfortunately, most teams do have that guy. Go down the list. You know, go down the list of the teams that – almost every team usually has at least the guy that you know you, you're going to have to get through to, to continue a winning streak or stop a winning streak. So, you know, I just think that the Red Sox – have the potential to have some of these guys, but right now they just don't have them. I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's not even close, but right now as we sit here, there's not a semblance of that guy who's strung together enough good starts to say, hey, you know what, that's the guy. Rob Bradford with us live from Baltimore in the Harbor One hotline. Red Sox fell 5 4 to the Orioles tonight. And uh, I know it's negative tonight. And I know, you know, we're starting about Chris Sale and the frustrations and the pitching and all that. This team's 12-12. and 12 And, you know, for where they were at one point after some of the sweeps, it's not all bad. And that is, of course, all about the offense. I know it's four early tonight and then not much more beyond that. But, I mean, you got to feel good about the swings that you've seen from, from Kike Hernandez in the last 10 days, Tristan Casas' at-bats in the last 10 days. And that's not even starting the conversation about Duran and Wong and, and what they've given you along with the top of the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't be a hypocrite, and I can't say, <laughs> hey, listen, heading into today, you, you, your, things weren't trending the right way. You won three straight series. You went seven and three in your last ten. You know, you had they, all the things that, you know, I wrote this thing today. And you look at Turner, he stepped up. Kike, he stepped up. Yoshida's obviously been good. He was good again tonight. But, you know, I, I'm sorry, like, this is the problem, is that the, the underlying problem with the team, with this Boston Red Sox team, and we can pick through it about the good and the bad and everything else, you have to beat the American League East teams. I know that it's a different kind of schedule, but still, you have to beat the good teams. You beat a good Milwaukee Brewers team, that's good. But you, you got handled by the race. You really should have been beaten two out of three against the Orioles early early in the in the year, 
And then now coming up after Cleveland, you have the Blue Jays. And I'm not saying that they can't turn things around. I'm not saying they can't even win this series. But of all the things, that, all the positives that you're talking about with the team, do you, at this point, especially after what you went through last year where you, you did get handled by these teams, in order to take that next step, you have to beat teams like the Orioles and the Blue Jays and the Rays and the Yankees. You just do. And so, and again, we called it fork in the road Monday. Well, tomorrow we'll, you'll get another fork in the road, fork in the road Tuesday, because, because I, I think that you can still salvage the narrative here. You can still make your mark in beating the Orioles and perhaps taking this series. And, feel, and by the way, if you do that, that probably means that you've got a better Corey Kluber, which would go a long way too. Yeah, and I think that is uh, if if Chris Sale is is one A, Corey Kluber is one B in terms of what are you going to get, and uh, well, we'll see we'll see tomorrow. Bradfo, uh, we got to get to a break here, but appreciate you uh, as always, and enjoy Baltimore. Oh, so how can I not enjoy Baltimore? Let's go. I mean, by hey, good job, Cooper, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Amen. Rob Bradford joining us once again on the uh, Harbor One Hotline. Great. To, if you've never been to Baltimore, go to Baltimore. You'll enjoy it. It's certainly Camden it's Yards. Definitely Camden Yards is a bucket list stadium. 100%. For, for all the MLB stadiums, like that's definitely near the top of the list. That is, uh, the, not that we need to sit here and wax poetic for a second, but I will. Just That ballpark is unbelievable. Everything around it is beautiful. The harbor is beautiful. Pretty good. Red Sox, though, uh, not so happy there uh, tonight. 5-4 the final score as uh, we talk it through here on Red Sox Review. Um, we will get you to a break here. We have trending in a moment. We come back. I do see the text rolling in here. Uh, I'm going to get to that in a quick second uh, right after the break. And then I want to talk about the bullpen situation and why tonight was an inevitability and has been coming for weeks and weeks and weeks. Talk about that. Let's get you to trending in a moment. Back in a sec on Red Sox Review right here on WEEI. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Red Sox dropped game one of their series with the Baltimore Orioles. 5-4, Sox were up 4-0 after the third inning. Chris Sale got the loss, giving up all five runs on nine hits and a walk through five innings. Game two of the series will take place tomorrow night. Joe and Will are back on the call at 635 on the Shaws and Star Market WEEI Red Sox Network. Shaws perfecting the art of fresh. Corey Kluber will get the Sox uh, the start against Dean Kramer. For the Orioles, Rich Keefe will have the Mass Mutual pregame show at 5.35. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. And listen tonight to the Nissan Red Sox postgame show. You deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got a full, exciting line that will put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself today. Shop NissanUSA.com. And other Sox news before tonight's game. The Sox sent starter Brian Bayo down to AAA Worcester and recalled left-hander who you saw in the game, Brennan Bernardino. The Bruins can win their first-round series with the Panthers tomorrow night at the Garden. Uh, Wednesday night, excuse me. In related news, Panthers forward Matthew Kachuk was fined the maximum $5,000 for his cross-check on Bruins forward Garnett Hathaway. The Celtics lead the Hawks 3-1 in their series. They'll try and win it tomorrow night from the Garden. Atlanta will be without DeJounte Murray as he has been suspended for Game 5 after making contact with an official following last night's Game 4 loss. In related news, former Celtics coach Ime Udoka has been hired as the head coach of the Houston Rockets. Udoka was suspended by the Celtics back in September. And Aaron Rodgers is on his way to New York as the Jets and Packers complete the expected trade this afternoon. According to Adam Schefter, who broke it, Green Bay 
and New York agree to a pick swap of their first-round picks in this year's draft. Packers will also get three additional picks, including two in this year's draft. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And review it, we will tonight. Well, we are. 5-4, the final score. Sox fall to the Orioles. As we welcome you back, Cooper Boardman with you, Joe Braverman inside the glass. Sox again falling 5-4 in Baltimore, went up 4-0. Orioles rallied for five in a row. And um, that is kind of the story of the game. Chris Sale, just not the night that uh, you, you hoped he would have, obviously. He just continued to struggle. This time got hit around instead of the command. Home runs from Tristan Casas and Rafael Devers. There was a feeling in this game for a, a, a brief moment, and it feels like a very long time ago, and perhaps that's because we've been on the air here for 30-plus on Red Sox Review and will be for the next 40 as we take you up till 11 p.m. here on WEEI. But there was a moment where you felt like this was kind of going to be a laughing cakewalk on the way to a win tonight. I think that is that is uh, Joe uh, Joe inside the glass here. Cooper Boardman, you're with you. I think that is what hurts the most is is you felt like this was going to be easy, and now you're sitting here, you know, looking at all of the problems that you feel like this team has. Yeah, it was the the four runs they got on. Uh, you had Casas finally look like Casas with that home run. You have Devers continually rolling, and you just think because they have all that momentum from beating what was then a first place Milwaukee team. They're on a roll, and you think like things are going to start to get better as the pieces come back, but then obviously the meltdown of Chris Sale, and as you said, looking at positives, the bullpen pitching great again, but the problem, as Bradfoe said, the starters are making the bullpen work that much more. The bullpen ERA wise has been great. the The offense has been outstanding. They're they're you know top two in the league in home runs. They're among the leaders in runs scored but it is the third of those three, the starting pitching. And yeah, the reality is in baseball is like, if you don't have good, all three of those life is going to be hard. 162 games is going to expose all of that. Uh, we do have the phone lines rolling again, 617-779-7937. I see the text. I'm going to get to those in a second. Uh, 37937 there, but uh, Wally from Fall River is on the, uh, on the line that is. And uh, all right, we got Wally. You're live on Red Sox Review. Uh, what's up, Coop? Uh, you have to be a realist about this team. 
Uh, it's no good to cry. Like I said, we had a good series in Milwaukee, but uh, I thought for sure we had this game in the bag. We're going to, you know, we had we had it going good. I thought we were going to score seven or eight runs, but you're putting a lot of pressure on the bullpen. I mean, Saley's not been to Sale anymore. We have to realize that he's not going to reel off six or seven good outings in a row where he'll, he'll give you six or seven good innings. The same way with Kluber. I mean, Kluber just stinks. Uh, as far as Paxton, I don't know what the story with his and You've given him a lot of money, and you got nothing for your money. I mean, that, that was a total waste, throwing money down the toilet. But uh, even with the offense, you look at the infield now, It's uh, with this injury now to Chang, you've got a, more musical cheers in the infield. But I'm not expecting much from this team. I think every victory is a plus. But it's basically Cooper 500 a team. You can, I can call you back in two months from now after 60 games, and they'll be floating around 500 or maybe a little below it. Well, while I appreciate the call, and I, I hope you do it a couple of months, because I'll, I'll be interested to find out, too, just, just how this all unfolds. I think, you know, you okay, so going point by point there, right? So you're talking Sale, Kluber, and Paxton. So go one by one. Sale, I mean, that's inconsistency, and we've talked about that as he tries to find his footing, and you can hear the frustration, the way he talks. And the Red Sox would tell you, I think, that you know they feel like the stuff is there, and eventually over 162 games. Remember, it's only been five starts in a season where, uh, goodness willing, I've been crossing your fingers, he makes a lot more of them. You know, for Kluber, there has there has not really been a stretch over you know five six games in his career where he's looked like this, especially in the last few years and what was a bit of a resurgence in strike throwing last year for the Rays. They feel like that's going to get back. Uh, to where it's going to be. Again, I'm telling you what they would say, I, you know, whether you agree with it or not. And for James Paxton, well, in terms of the waste of money thing, I mean, he will pitch for the Boston Red Sox this year. He's working his way back. I talked, I was talking with him in Worcester uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it's just about command of the breaking ball and getting back there. But he's going to be a part of this rotation at some point, unless there's some crazy se- setback that, you know, no one is yet aware of. So, yeah, again, there's no, there's no question he'll join the rotation. Yeah. Like, he's not going to the bullpen or, you know, anything like that. Jury's out there. And I think, you know, what this does allow you to do, and, and he got into the lineup up here and I do want to talk about that uh, very much so and we'll get again we got some some more calls and, and some more texts on it so I'll get to all those again Red Sox review tonight taking you up till 11 uh, as the Red Sox fall to the Orioles uh, what this does allow you to do and, and I this is maybe going to make some people like quake and, and this you know there when you say something like this there are inherently going to be people that get very frustrated with the idea of this and feels like you're throwing in the towel and I don't mean it that way this allows you to see what you have from an opportunity perspective for these younger guys. And, you know, they have been wonderfully patient with Tristan Casas, and I think that's a good thing because over the last 10 games, you've seen what he can do. And you look at the batting average point blank, and it's like one-something, and you're like, oh, that's not But his on-base has been outstanding. He's walked nine times, and he started to look like the guy that dominated the minor league level. And the swing tonight, obviously tonight's an easy night to say it, but the swing tonight shows it. Jaron Duran, another good example, where obviously the Adam Duvall injury isn't a good thing for this team, and we will welcome him back with an open with open arms and, and the New Year's, uh, the, the uh, ball dropping on New Year's when he comes back. But until that point, you know, to see what you have with Jaron Duran, to see the speed of this lineup, and now all of a sudden looking at a, a 7, 8, and 9 tonight, and I know Yu Chang gets hurt, but a 7, 8, and 9 of three guys that can genuinely steal bases... You know, and and that does pose the the very big question as to they felt like Yu Cheng was going to be the shortstop. 
and be that stopgap, certainly, and hold it down defensively and do what they wanted. And if he's out for an extended period of time, it becomes a very interesting question as to who fills his spot. Is it Manuel Valdez, who was up for a microsecond last week against the Twins and had two singles in his major league debut? Or, and the, the reality about Valdez is he's not a shortstop. He's a second baseman and, and has played a little bit of the outfield as well. So, you know, does he come to second and then you, you go back to, as the caller put it, musical chairs at short? Or do you go to David Hamilton, who is at AAA for the first time in his minor league career to start this year's off to an outstanding start, is a very good defender. They say he is the best first step in the entire organization, but has only played you know, 25 or so days worth of triple-A baseball and to make him the starting shortstop for the Red Sox, what does that leave you with? And, and you know, these are all good questions, but I, I I do think, you know, just to sit here, and, and I and I get it, like, this team's 500, it's easy to sit here and say, in two months they'll be 500, and, and I don't have, uh, <laughs> there's nothing I can say to that. Like, yeah, maybe, I, it's possible. But I think when you look at, those guys getting their opportunities and the guys that have seen small sample sizes and been good in those tiny portions that are hungry to be here. I think that there is more good, uh, you know, in that than maybe meets the eye. That's not to say that you can snap your fingers and it's going to be great for everybody all the time. We've seen portions of struggles for, for guys like Tristan Casas early in the season, but when Casas, Duran and Wong have gotten their opportunities, largely speaking, We've seen some good things there, especially from Wong and Duran numbers-wise to start this year. Wong came through with a big hit, and I know people say, oh, Connor Wong, he's hitting 200. He is one of, if not the best defensive catcher in baseball. Yeah, he got another runner out tonight. Yeah, his. I, I was looking at his defensive war the other day. He's top five in the league behind Francisco Lindor, like two shortstops, an outfielder, and then him with what he's brought to this team. So, I mean, again... There are guys here that you feel like can can be a spark, can be a spark, and, and we'll see. But I think, you know, more than anything, of all me waxing poetic about how good they could be or whatever, you're going to find out very soon because these guys are going to get opportunities because they're, they're, it's just the nature of it. We've already seen it to that point uh, on the pitching side of things. And, and when that has happened, good things have happened. Josh Winkowski has come out. He's been great. Zach Kelly, and that's a brutal, brutal injury, not only for him, but for this team because of what he's been for them. And so... Uh, yeah, you're feeling every. You feel like you're getting pulled every which way with this team right now, and and twelve and twelve over twenty four games. The way it feels sounds about right. Uh, calls coming in. We'll do them six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. Again, the text line is three seven nine three seven. Texters, I am I'm getting to you in a second. Uh, but Kieran in South Hamilton is on the line. Uh, Kieran, ha- how do you feel? You're on the air. Hey, I was able to call in uh, last Tuesday about how Chris Sale started against the Twins and how he looked great, and then to be listening to the game on the radio and hearing what was happening when he was pitching, and it was just so disappointing because we've had this back and forth with Chris Sale, and I'm well, I was hoping that that Twins game would start up him would start up him again and like he would be able to keep it going, but. I feel like it's just going to be another back-and-forth year where we have either some really good Chris Sale games or we have some really, really bad Chris Sale games. And obviously, this was like the worst one he's had in his career. But it feels like this season is starting off very heartthrobby and that we're going back and forth. We seem to be in every single game, but we just can't pull through in, that, in like the half of the games that we've lost so far. 
We Kieran, can't seem to just get it going when we really need to. Yeah, Kieran, and I appreciate the call. And you make a really good point about just kind of this, like, you feel like you're in every single game. The, the Sox came in today uh, with nine games decided by one run. Nine games, including tonight, that is. There are only two teams in Major League Baseball that have had games decided by one run more than the Red Sox. That's Cleveland, who is a, a pitching heavy, like want to beat you 2-1, 3-2 kind of deal. And the Angels, who played two one-run games against the Red Sox. And and they're 3-6 and six after tonight in those games. This is the way that they were below. Uh, they were, I think it was 24-26. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But I think 24-26 last year uh, in games decided by two runs or fewer. You know, this team, and we talked about it off the top of the year on these shows, is a team that is going to win in the margins, right? And as much as that infuriates people, that's kind of the way it needs to be in a division this good, uh, you know, with the players that they have right now. And so, uh, you know, tonight is an example of a one-run game where, okay, you know, let's throw out, and I know this has been the majority of the conversation all night because it's the most important story, but let's throw out the the fact that Chris Sale gives up the, the five runs and you're down 5-4. It's the opportunities in the 6th and 7th and 8th and ninth innings as well that do leave lingering pain behind it, right? It's in the 6th inning, Justin Turner gets thrown out at 3rd to start the inning. I mean, he makes the first out at 3rd base. you know. And then in the 7th inning, you end up in a tough situation. You kind of had to send Connor Wong there going to 2nd uh, because that was the at-bat that Yu Chang got hurt in and Christian Arroyo had to come up, so you might as well give it a try. And James McCann, the, the Baltimore catcher, made a, a ridiculous throw from his knees to get Wong. But... You know, and then it's in the ninth inning where you're you're going against the younger reliever for the Orioles, who's not throwing a lot of strikes. You get the leadoff man on, and I know it's easy for me to sit here in a in a, an air conditioned studio and say, "Don't chase the changeup," you know, at the ankles. But uh, you know, don't <laughs> you know? See, and you're looking for more patience down towards the bottom of that lineup, and it, it just doesn't happen tonight. And so. I understand the roller coaster feeling. I don't think it's you're going to get off the roller coaster anytime soon, you know. But uh, I, it's you know, I, I remember I, I'm from Connecticut. You ever been to Lake Compounds? Uh, I don't know. They got a roller coaster there. They they bill it as the the largest or the oldest wooden roller coaster in America. Yes, I've heard that. I've heard yeah. That. And that's like not a compliment. Like that's it's you get on it and you're like, is this thing gonna blow? Like that's what this has felt like to this point. Right? Now to now to just uh, con- contradict him a little bit. This hasn't been Sales' worst start recently. Yeah, like, the very first start against Baltimore. I know they came back and won the game, but still that start was ugly. Yeah, like this was not as bad. It it stunk that it happened, but it was not that uh, uh, as bad. What I was kind of and. and- what I was, because it's like as the game's going on, right? We're sitting here. You're thinking about like, all right, like how I feel about this. You know, what 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 do we take away from from this? And you know, there was a point there where after the third inning, where he gives up some soft contact, they get just the one run. He gets out of it with the double play. He was a DP ball away from getting out of that fourth inning, and then obviously just some hard balls all over the yard, and and it ends up being what it is. But there was a point where it almost felt like you were about to walk out of this and say, "Wow, like." Chris Sale, you know, got out of it on a night where he, yeah, he felt like he had good stuff, but it was clear he didn't have his best stuff the way he did perhaps against the Twins last week where, hey, he fought through and he got through it and and he finished the night and and kept this to, you know, five innings of three-run ball or five innings of two-run ball, you know, for, for goodness sake. And it just didn't happen that way. And I think 
you know, that is the step you're going to see, uh, assuming he takes it. That is the next step you're going to see. It's not, it's not seven innings, 11 strikeouts. It's not what we saw from Tanner Halkett. It's not even what we saw for sale against the Twins last week. But I do think at some point here and very soon, you're going to see him you know, five innings of three-run ball and, like, be cool with that. That's okay. I know it's more pressure on the bullpen and all of that, but you kind of have to build that step on the way to the next one. And, you know, as it gets warmer, you you know, you feel like maybe there could be a little bit more. But uh, for right now, it, it's just, it's this is not it. I mean... Yeah, as Bradfoe said, it's only game 23 tonight. Yeah. It <laughs> doesn't... 24? Yeah, 20, yeah, 12 and 12, right? 24. I mean, it doesn't... <laughs> I know it's easy when they lose to be like, uh, you know, to, to, to circle the drain, as they say. But it, it's right there. But, you know, what's interesting, too, is like this team came in having won 7 of 10. Now it's 7 of 11. In that 10-game stretch, they had a 4-8-2 ERA. That was the seventh highest in baseball. The other six teams that had higher ERAs than the Red Sox in that stretch. Remember, the Red Sox were 7-3. and three. The other six teams were combined 12 and 46 and none of them had a winning record the royals the reds the rockies the diamondbacks and the the white Sox. i mean it is that is six six equals putrid there for what they've been so far and the red Sox had managed to go seven and three of that and of course that's all about the the offense they scored 65 runs in those 10 games and and they get you four tonight you know right off the bat but it it, it does it's like you can you can sit here and you could dream about what it could be, but it, it it you know there are a lot of dots that need to get connected in the starting rotation for that to happen. And again, to to have a bullpen that has and I said this earlier, a bullpen that has thrown more innings than every other team in baseball except for the Oakland A's, and I, I can't even quite count them as a Who major will league soon baseball. Be the Las Vegas A's. Yeah, well, <laughs> you never know with them, but it's true. Uh you know, they're not fielding a competitive Major League Baseball team right now. And the Red Sox, you know, 6-6-1 ERA is right there with it. It just it just can't be that way. And so, you know, that also added up, you know, to what we saw out of the bullpen tonight. And I know people were talking about it all night. I saw it on Twitter, and I see some of these texts about it, so I do want to get to it, is, you know, the the idea that, that uh, Brennan Bernardino has to give you two innings tonight and and you're kind of sitting there in a one-run game and and it's funny because this this would have been a larger talking point had they given up runs but they didn't uh but the idea that you know josh winkowski after going 41 pitches on friday was not available the idea that cutter crawford after 34 on saturday was not available or through 26 yesterday not available schreiber thrown back-to-back days not available you know, the only guys that you really maybe could have made, made an argument for were Blyer, who had pitched on back-to-back days, but he only threw four pitches on the first day. But still, they don't want to go three days with these guys. So the only guys that were available tonight, conceivably, were Ryan Brazier and the 13 pitches that, by the way, he threw last night after throwing, I mean, he threw 60-something pitches over two days early in the week. I don't throw a lot of numbers out there. There are a lot of numbers. I mean, they, they, they've thrown so many pitches so, you know, Brazier-ish, and I know he stood up, I think, at one point in this game. Kenley Jansen, of course, you weren't going to bring him in down by one in any, you know, in any way. And then Bernardino, and, and what he gave you was great. I mean, that was awesome. It also speaks to what they think they're going to get tomorrow from Corey Kluber. Because Josh Winkowski maybe could have pitched tonight, but it does speak to the idea that they feel like might, they're going to need some length tomorrow. And uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll get to tomorrow and, and what the Red Sox not only want, but, but in some ways need 
from Corey Kluber, uh, you know, tomorrow against the Orioles and, and what becomes, as, as Brad Foe said, against these divisional teams, like you just got to win series. The Yankees won, have won every series except for the one against the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are the team that beat the Yankees and the Rays. The Rays are the best team in baseball, and that leaves the Orioles, the team right in front of you right here. And, and again, uh, it, it's, it's not to be dire on April 24th, but it is to say like these are games of very significant import. And for the Red Sox tomorrow, it is a big one. We will get into it when we come back. Again, 617-779-7937. The text line, 37937. We will uh, get to the text in a moment. We'll preview tomorrow, and we'll tell you why Corey Kluber uh, just might be due for a big bounce back tomorrow. We'll see. I'm not promising anything, but <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, we're back in a moment. It's Red Sox Review, again, right here on WEEI. <laughs> Wrap up time. It is wrap up time. On Red Sox review. Five four loss tonight against the Orioles in Baltimore. Cooper Boardman with you. Joe Braverman inside the glass. Did a great job as always. The number six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. Text line three seven nine. Three seven, and I say it's wrap up time. Obviously, we take you up till the eleven o'clock hour, but I got a few things I just want to run through here, and I see some of the texts, and we're going to hit on some of the things that people are saying uh, as we go along. Just kind of my takeaways from from what we've seen is uh, you know tonight, the last couple of nights, and what we get set for over the next two days, and a big couple of days for the Red Sox in Baltimore. My first one is Tristan Casas, and he homers tonight, and it goes four hundred something feet. It goes out of Utah Street. Just thinking about something that him and I talked about before the year started. And he talked about how when he could see some pitches and as he got more comfortable and he had more plate appearances and more bats, and this is a long-winded way of saying, as he spent more time in the major leagues, he got more comfortable being in the major leagues. My point is, though, this is a, a, a guy that they have had extraordinary trust in despite some slow starts early in the year. And the reason for that is his process. Like, this is such a, a mental process that, you know, he is a guy that just, you know, very slowly but surely, you know, intakes information and learns from that information so, so well. And it's funny, as I start to talk about Tristan Casas, we've got uh, the, the, the Nesson still up uh, on the TV, and he's about to hit the home run in the replay of the game. And, you know, and, and the point about, you know, him is after a slow start early in the year uh, for him, We've seen it over the last nine games, especially. He has 11 walks in his last nine games. That is the sign of life from him. And then tonight you saw you know, the, the pop, uh, pop the top off of it, really, for him. That's takeaway number one. Uh, takeaway number two is, is Jaron Duran, and, and he's you know, 0 for tonight. I mean, he did line out to end the game. It wasn't a hard hit line out, but he put a ball and played the other way, and the swings start to look that way. Uh, what a play in center field tonight, you know, ranging over to the gap. He, he reached uh, just to make your eyes glaze over for a second, 28.3 miles per hour uh, on or feet per second, not miles per hour. That'd be unreal uh, feet per second on his sprint speed. And, and, you know, as he talks about getting better and better defensively, I think about a conversation that I had with him at AAA last week where he said, you know, I feel like I am the center fielder that's in command, right? Like every ball that's hit out there is my ball. And that has been different in the way that in what we've seen him. And, and, you know, that's a ball ranging to what was his right. And he's always been good on balls like that. But I do think it's a nice sign. It's something that, you know, you really want to see uh, his confidence continue to build. 
Uh, the last thing of the three kind of takeaways from tonight is Yu Chang and, and that injury that is not insignificant and, and not even so much about Yu Chang, although the swings had been better and better. And obviously uh, the, the new daddy pop that he's gotten with the home run uh, over over the monster the other day and, and what he did in Milwaukee as well is all well and good. But it, it provides just a, another vortex sized question mark for this team at shortstop, you know, do you do you call up? Is Bobby Dahlbeck the answer? I don't see. I'm not sure. Well, from the options you listed earlier, I feel like that is the option you have to go to. Well, I I'm not sure. Well, okay. So here are the three options. Just to re- rehash this: uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, and Manuel Valdez, and David Hamilton. So you got Dahlbeck. You kind of know you know where Dahlbeck's been. His swings at AAA have been really good. He doesn't look like a triple-A hitter. He had a grand slam last week, but he's never been an everyday shortstop. And Manuel Valdez has played one day in the major leagues. He does not play shortstop at the minor league level. You're not going to put him at shortstop now. You could put him at second and make Christian Arroyo your shortstop. I'm not sure the outs above average agree with that. And then David Hamilton, who is the starting shortstop at AAA, he's played some second as well. They've mixed him around, and clearly mixing him around shows that they have trusted his ability defensively. We were told uh, at AAA that he has the best first step defensively in the entire organization. So he can handle the position defensively. He's off to a very hot start at AAA, but he's only played, as I said, three and a half weeks at AAA. Joe, those are your three options. What do you think? I mean, I guess it really depends on like what the diagnosis is for you, Chang. If it's only going to be like a handful of days, then you could bring up David Hamilton. But if this is going to be a thing where he has to go on the the 10-day IL or possibly longer, you need a long-term option and you need a bat. Because as you said, Yu Chang was swinging the bat really well recently. And I feel like the best chance for that is to get Bobby, Bobby Dahl back up here. And uh, I would argue that you know, the, the bat was great, but, like, the best thing he's the best thing he gave his team is defense. Like, you knew that every ball hit to him at short, it was not, it wasn't going to be a problem. And and I just don't, there aren't a lot of, David Hamilton of the three options that we've given it, it, are, are the guys that is it's the like, guy. Do you, do you value the defense or do you value the bat more? Yeah. Because if you value defense, you bring up Hamilton. If you don't want to lose what Chang was giving into the lineup, then you bring up Dahlbeck. Yeah. If you bring up the other thing too is like if you bring up Dahlbeck, like is he really going to play short every single day? I just don't see that as a as a viable option for this team at this point. You bring up Valdez, Kike Hernandez has to go to short, and then you've got Jaron Duran playing in center or Rob Repsnyder playing in center as the platoon. That probably, as I talk this out, like makes the most sense. I think. I don't know. But, I feel I feel like the clock ran out for Kike at shortstop. Yeah, I'm just that's what they did when they brought up Valdez last week. But I, you're right. I mean, it's it's not it's not an enviable position to be in as as you try to figure that out. So again, those are those are my takeaways from the day, um, and we'll certainly see. You don't speculate ever on injury on on Yu Chang, but that's a swing that, as I speculate, of course, uh, that looked like the hamate bone. I mean, you see that a lot with those hitters on the swings and misses. Will Fleming was right on it. I mean, that's a, a it's a, like this teeny tiny little bone. It doesn't matter to you or I, but matters very much to hitters because of the repetition. You, you really, really, of course, uh, hope it is not that for you, Chang. Uh, those are the takeaways from tonight. That gets us into tomorrow. We've only got a couple of minutes here on Red Sox Review tonight. Uh, Cooper Boardman with you. Joe Braverman 
inside the glass. It is on Corey Kluber, and I, I feel as though on you know we've come on the air a lot and finished these shows in, in similar conversations because uh, this team has been right around five hundred all year long. They have uh, they've been you know one uh, over. They have uh, you know threatened three over, uh, but they have not you know gotten to to that point and. and uh, you know, for this team, you know what Corey Kluber brings them tomorrow. It just feels like there have been just a lot of big games to get you back above 500, and that's where you are when you're right around 12 and 12 or whatever it is as the as the night goes along or as the season goes along. But it's a big start for Corey Kluber tomorrow. But you Not- think, but you think it's coming. You think you think a good start is coming. I do. I don't. I just. The guy that led the majors in strike throwing percentage last year, I can't buy he's not going to throw strikes at some point. I'm just, I, I think that's a stupid bet to make that he's not going to do that. And his problem has been he has not thrown enough strikes. So, I, you know, whether it be tomorrow, whether it be in a couple of weeks, they're going to ride it. And we'll find out together. We'll see. Again, uh, we'll be with you tomorrow. Uh, of course, before and after the game as the Red Sox take on the Orioles. We got to get out of here. We will do that. Uh, for Joe Braverman inside the glass, Cooper Boardman saying goodnight. This has been Red Sox Review, of course, right here on WEEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.